the brand ambassador. How many ambassadors are in the house today? Well, we welcome you and wish you a happy Easter because he truly has risen from the dead. You know, it's interesting when we talked about rebranding Easter. We talked about what Jesus did, how he rose from the dead, how he conquered the grave, how he's alive forevermore. What a reason to celebrate. What a reason, as I was looking at some Google documents on marketing for branding, and these said that your brand has to be sticky. And I was like, sticky? And it had this whole website on how to be a sticky brand. In other words, how to get things to stick, how to get things things that you want to sell or provide or market to get to, like, I remember that. How many know it's not hard to remember spam lunch and meat because it's nasty? Anyone eat spam? Anyway, uh, like, like some of these brands, and then we look at the brand of, we look at this brand of Red Bull. I was looking at some stuff recently in these bikes and motorcycles doing tricks and just crazy stuff, jumping off bridges, jumping out of planes with parachutes on a bike, riding right out. And, and so this energetic brand of Red Bull means that, you know, if you get exhausted or weary, you need some B12, some caffeine and some energy in a can. And it's so well branded that girls drive little cars around that say Red Bull and they have a big can on the back. And you know, if you take that, you're going to get infused with energy. It's all about the branding. It's interesting about the brand as we see Apple, that, that JJ said, I have friends that because of this little thing here, they're waiting right now on their next iPhone and they already have it pre-ordered. It's not even out yet, but they have it pre-ordered coming to the house and it comes in this little box and it's wrapped so well and it's got a little apple with a bite taken out of it. I think that has something to do with the garden and, and Eden in the beginning and the knowledge of good and evil, but it's interesting how well it's branded, the, the MacBook Pro, the iPad, that billions of dollars in the industry, and people want them, they want them, and it says the goal is to make your brand irresistible. How many believe that we can make God's brand, Jesus Christ, irresistible to the world? But it has to be lived out. It just can't be Easter. It just can't be Christmas. It just can't be going through the motions. You say, what happened in 2,000 years that the brand got so watered down? And I think, how do we water down the brand? How do we do this where I was back in high school? I don't want to reveal how many years ago. I think about 40 and more than that. And, and uh, it was so interesting that we'd do this little circle game and someone would say something and they'd say it to 15 people. And by the time it got to the end, it was like, we didn't say anything like that. And it's almost like over 2,000 years, people said, Jesus is alive, it's powerful, it's resurrection, filled with the Spirit, lives are being saved, people are being healed, miracles are happening, lame are walking, blind are seeing, dead are being raised. This brand was this expanding of this supernatural resurrection power that Jesus said, yes, it's in me, but I want it to be in you. I want it to be in the disciples to go and do the works that Jesus did and greater because I go to my Father. His dream was never for us just to come and sit and do an egg hunt, eat some chocolate and go get some ham and then just, oh, Easter's over. I was asked to preach in a denominational church a couple years after I was here. 26 years ago today, by the way, we started Grace Life Church. Give Jesus a shout. On Easter was our first service at the Radisson and it was just interesting. They asked me two years into it, would you come and preach at this denominational church? And when I came to that church, Everybody in there was over 75. There was like 100 people over 75. I did the early morning 
Easter sunrise service. And it seemed like everyone was still sleeping. And I was up there doing what I do, preaching the gospel, telling them the good news. And people are looking at me like, this is crazy. And one guy came up and said, man, that was machine gun preacher. And the other lady said, she said, how do you do that? And the other person said, we're not used to that. I said, I could tell. But, but I was talking about the power of Jesus that rose him from the dead that dwells in us. And they looked shocked like between that and us, we're the frozen chosen. The devil's taking a nap on the top of the roof. We just want to go through the motions and play bingo and eat fish and do the traditional church thing. I said, but no, you need to have the brand of the ambassador Jesus Christ that's the most powerful brand on the planet because it was resurrection power that brought him out of the grave that he wants to be in you. And so I started thinking, how does it get to this place where Christians just do the motions? Easter, Christmas, give a dollar, help you out a little. Can't even get a coffee anymore for a dollar. And, and then go through the motions eat the ham, and I think as Italian people, any Italians in the house? There's at least two. We're talking about the ham. I'm in my relative's house, and they're fighting over what brand ham we're going to eat. And the recipe says you have to get a silver star ham. And they're, where'd you get that ham? You're doing Easter, and you got your relatives arguing about where they got the ham can't figure out it's all so Easter's supposed to be about resurrection power we made it about the damn ham everyone's talking about the damn ham and I'm like I'm like you're you're fighting about where you got the ham and it brought me back to this story where all these five generations of grandchildren daughters and then and then grandma and then daughter and then great-grandma were celebrating Easter Man, they were having such a great time, and they were all in the kitchen getting ready to put the ham in the oven, and they pulled out the recipe and said, cut off the butt of the ham. And so they cut off the butt of the ham, and they started arguing, put cloves in it, put pineapples on it, put some cherries on it, put brown sugar on it, pour some of the pineapple juice, and they were following the recipe. And the one sister said, no, no, you you don't have to cut the butt of the ham. Yes, you do. And the sister started arguing, you have to cut the butt of the ham. Great grandma put in the recipe, look, it says, cut the butt of the ham off. And so they're arguing about the ham again, traditional old ham. And they say, great grandma's in the living room. Go get her and we'll ask her what the recipe says. And it says right here, great grandma, you cut the butt of the ham off. She said, honey, I cut the butt of the ham off because my pan was too small. (laughs) And how many people are going through the motions of cutting the butt off the ham that it really doesn't matter? And so your tradition, the Bible says, makes the word of God of no effect. That Every year we do an egg hunt. Every year we cook this ham. Every year we get chocolate and we go to this egg hunt and this egg hunt. We're hitting all the egg hunts, but the kids don't know Jesus. Wait a minute. They don't know the power of God. The Bible says it this way. 2 Timothy 3, he says, In the last days people will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Wow. In America, sometimes we have a form of godliness where we go through the motions, but we don't understand 
why Jesus got up on the third day with resurrection power so that you could live a victorious, overcoming, healed, prospered, peaceful, joyful life. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life in this life more abundantly. This abundant life comes through the resurrection brand, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So how do we, number one, how do we understand the brand? How do we understand the brand? I like what they said in the little skit because what happens is a lot of times it's he went to the cross, he went to that triumphant entry, then he went to the cross, then he went to the tomb, then he rose again on the third day. Praise God. And that's where it stops for many believers. But that's not what the kingdom talks about. The goodness of God and the kingdom and the good news is that Jesus said, I am the door, that you come to me and you believe on me and you have eternal life. But then you get something called the Holy Spirit and you become a brand ambassador. Then now you've got this power of the Holy Spirit alive in you that when you go to work, you have power. Then when you go home, you have power. Then you know how to raise your kids. You know how to do marriage. You know how you got Holy Spirit finance helping you to manage your money, manage your business. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you until the end of the age. So now this same power that rose Christ from the dead tells us that greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. So if we'd understand the brand, the importance of the resurrection is right here in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I'll start with verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, all of the preaching is for nothing and your faith is useless. Moreover, if the dead are not raised, that would mean that we are false witnesses who are misrepresenting God. And that would mean that we have to preach a lie stating that God raised him from the dead if in reality he didn't. If the dead aren't raised, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins and your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. But the truth is, Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruits of great resurrection harvest to those who have died. For since death through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man, Christ. Even as all who are in Adam die, so also who are in Christ will be made alive. But if one in his proper order, Christ the first fruits, then those who belong to Christ in his presence... The final stage of completion comes when he will bring to an end every other rulership, authority, and power, and he will hand over his kingdom to the Father God. Until then, he is destined to reign as a king until all hostility has been subdued and placed under his feet. The last enemy to be subdued and eliminated is death itself. How many know the power of death could not hold him? Pastor, why do people have a spirit of fear? People have a spirit of fear because they're fearful of death. See, people say, I'm afraid to get on a plane. I'm afraid of COVID. I'm afraid of the flu. I'm afraid of myself. I'm afraid of my shadow. I'm afraid of the cat. And I am. But, 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 but the reality is Jesus, when he went to the tomb, he came out. When he went to hell, he came out. 
So do some world religion study. If you go to Bible school or university, you'll find out in every world, world religion from Muhammad to Confucius to Buddha to Dalai Lama, to, you'll find out that all their bones are still in the grave. But man, I was just in Israel with some of you guys and we realized that he's not there. He's the only one that the grave wasn't a dead end. He rose up. He went to hell. He spoiled principalities. He's alive forevermore. And I start thinking about this, that Buddha died, didn't raise. Krishna died, didn't raise. Muhammad died, didn't raise. But you know what? Jesus died. And then he rose again. Listen what the scripture says. And this is my prayer for you this Easter in Ephesians 1. I love, I love what he says, 16 and 17. Every time I think about you, I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give every one of you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. That the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. That you get revelation light on this subject called the resurrection. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That he was born as a king. He lived as a king. He died as a king. He came back as a king. He was raised as a king. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father and ever lives praying for you. This is powerful revelation. But he said that you might know Jesus Christ. He says in verse 19, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power. Let's say it out loud with me. The immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for me, because I believe. Listen to this. He says, as demonstrated in working in his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion and every name that is named. You say, well, wait, wait. I want to describe to you what kind of energy. Red Bull energy? No. 220? No. Nuclear energy? No. Unlimited, surpassing greatness that causes, can I tell you right now? dead things to come to life. Some of you, you're not even connected to God right now and your mind can't even stay focused in this message because you don't understand who he is in you. And so what happens is God says, this Easter, dead things are coming to life. If your spirit's dead, it's going to be alive by the end of the service. If you have cancer killing you, it's going to be healed by the end of service. If you have depression on your life, you're going to have joy by the end of the service. How many know if you had a vision and a dream to live and do something creative with your identity and with your business and with some kind of, some kind of book or song that you write, and, and you say, man, I, I had that in the 80s. I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. How many know even dead dreams will come to life again? How many dead things come to life when you're living in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? Your bladder problem can't take you to the grave because of Jesus. How many know your depression and your addiction can't take you to grave because of Jesus? Say it with me. Dead things are coming to life again. Because what kind of power is it? It's the kind of power that took Jesus out of hell. Yes, he went to hell for you. You don't have to go. It's your choice. It's not mine. People say, well, this is where I'm at. And this is the problem in the church today. Tradition is, I just want fire insurance. If I don't go to hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, and I heard so many long sermons pointed with fingers at me as a teenager. Hell, hell's hot. Hell, they could scare you into heaven because if who wants to go to hell? People riding down their window and yelling in the car, go to hell. 
I don't want to go there. John Wayne said, I've been there. Don't want to go back. But how many know that's, that's what the revelation is, people? I'm scared out of hell into heaven. No, no, that's not a real relationship with the God who loves you. That's not living in resurrection power. That's not understanding the reason he conquered the grave. That's not living as the brand ambassador that you're called to. It's just going through the motions to make it. But that's not God's best. God's best is that you live filled with this energy. And that one lady came up to me at the religious church. She said, you're like the energizer bunny. I said, well, thank God, because you're like a dead person. I preached a lot of funerals in my time. And you know what people say, Pastor? I've done so many horrific heroin funerals of young people under 22, 60 or 70. And I'm sitting there, and every person glares at me like, there's no God. Look what happened to my son. And someone would tell me almost every time that you don't know how addictive and irresistible once you do this drug and this drug. And then when you get to this drug, and then they plant this and, and you start doing heroin, it's, it's so addictive, it's irresistible. You can't put it down. It kills you and takes you to the grave. How many know Jesus conquered the grave? Jesus made a way in his power to break heroin, break addiction, break alcoholism, break cancer. How many know he did it for you and he did it for me? You have to make it personal. So we look here and we see in the scriptures that we have to understand what that brand did when Jesus rose from the dead. Number two, where's that shirt at? You can see these shirts going around. The kingdom brand. But that's a pretty cool hoodie, man. I like that. The, see the kingdom brand? So the Bible tells us, it says kingdom, king. How many know Jesus is king? Amen. But, but I love it because if I would just pull my shirt off and I'm not going to because I got only like 17 minutes to preach and I got to be done. And, and uh, you know, you throw this on and you say every day you have a choice to, to put on something. What'd you wear today? Whatever my wife told me. How many get it? Because what I had didn't match. So she said, don't wear that, wear this. But you know what? You have a choice every day what you're going to wear. You heard one of the brand ambassadors said, you got to wear the brand. you got to be the brand. you got to wear the brand. Are you able to wear the brand? Or do you, do you put on the worldliness? You put on the worldliness and then you go, yeah, I, I like living in the world, but I also love Jesus too, man. I how many know that's not the way it works? It works every day when this, this greater one who lives in you, the Holy Spirit, this resurrection power isn't just to eat ham and chocolate, have an egg hunt, celebrate, go see all your relatives, get in a couple fights, take a nap and go home. Easter's over. See you at church next year. How many know that's not the will of God for your life? So when we wear the brand, Galatians 3.27 says it this way, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have a choice. God won't violate you. You say, Pastor, I don't believe in it. I'm an atheist, and I'm angry, and I'm upset, and I'm mad, and I want to go to hell. Well, God doesn't want you to. He sent Jesus to die for you, and he rose again so that you could live in this same power that he lives in. So you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. I'm going to get up today, and here's what the devil has to offer. You ready? How many know it's getting pretty clear in this last day? Here's what the devil also ready? Ready? It's pretty simple here. I know, I know, I, I know this is scary, but you know, he's a deceiver. And he's telling through our government and religion. People say, don't talk about politics or religion. How many know that's what the devil wants? Keep the church silent. Because the government's on his shoulders. We're the governing authority in the earth. 
And we have to have some talking back going on from the church. So when the government stands up and says, we're going to put material in your kid's kindergarten class that tells them they're a girl, but they might be a boy. Just experiment a little. You know what I say as a pastor? Hell to the no. No, no, no. I'm a governing authority in the earth. And my Bible says God made a man and a woman. But how many know the devil loves confusion? Just, you know, be a little curious. Try it. Figure it out. So you can live in the world or you can live in the kingdom. You have a choice. There's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And the Bible says he's translated you out of the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of his dear son. Now when you wake up every day, you choose what you wear. Well, I don't know. I'm going to choose this and I'm going to choose that. But there's, there's, there's choices. And I love this because here's what the scripture says. And this is what... This is what Paul prayed for us, Philippians 3.10. I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. Wait a minute. So, so how many believers do we have in the house today? Any Christians? Any Christians in here? Any believers in here? Because not all Christians are believers, amen? But listen what he says. I will be with you in your sufferings. And become like him in his death. See, what's that mean, Pastor? I'm crucified with Christ. I died. How come you give your money to God? Doesn't belong to me. It's his. How come your house is God's? Doesn't belong to me. It's his. How come your clothes are God's? Doesn't belong to me. It's his. How come your attitude's his? Doesn't belong to me. It's his. How come your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit and you've been purchased with a price? Doesn't belong to me. It's his. So my whole life's giving and generosity because he gave me a new nature. So now I lay down my life. What's given everything around me? What's laying down my life? Being crucified with Christ. I don't live. But the Christ that I now live, the Christ that I now serve lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So guess what I wear? I'm putting on, I'm putting on resurrection power every day. I'm putting on my new brand of clothes. I'm wearing the new brand. How many want to wear the new brand? How many know there's no depression? The lady said to me in that service, you're so joyous, you're so energetic. You're like the energizer buddy. Well, how many know that that there's batteries that are like spiritual batteries in people that they've worn out 10 years ago and they haven't got recharged? How many know when you walk in resurrection power, you walk into the room, everything changes. Listen to what he says here. So here we go and we go, the power has been transferred and delegated to you. Why? When you wear the brand, Romans 8, 10 comes to reality. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are truly accepted by God. How many believe that? Then he says, verse 11, yes, God raised Jesus to life. It says God's spirit of resurrection lives in you. Somebody shout. Wait, over here, it's kind of quiet. Somebody shout over here. I, I, I know there's some new folk here today. But when you get this, when you get this, if the spirit of resurrection lives in you, you know what? I, I can tell you how many times I've been healed, how many times my kids didn't get sick, how many times they've been healed, how many times I got joy when I was depressed, how many times I got healed when I was sick, how many times God provided all our needs. And you know what? We give him the glory because he created resurrection power to live in us and work in us. So guess what? Every cell in my body right now is full of the life of God. How many believe that? See, God says, you got to put it on. I don't know if I believe that. I like my church where I come sit in the pew. I sat in the same place for 43 years. I like that seat. There's a bum bum place 
where my bum's curved into the wood, where I sit in all these years. How many know that makes the Word of God of none effect? Just going through the motions with no power. That's why the brand has been watered down over 2,000 years. He said, if the spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Come on, someone shout, that's what Easter's about. We got to learn how to manifest this. How do we manifest this? I said in the last service, I put this thing together and I, I, I built these chairs, these, these, these theater chairs. I had this room in my old house. I said, I'm going to make it so thumping loud in here. I'm going to blow the roof off this place. And so I put subs over here and I put these chairs in there that kick back and I put a big screen up there in that room. And then I put this Sony. Guy said, get this Dolby sound thing. Get this. Get bought all this stuff. Put it in there. Open the closet. Tur- guy turned it on, man. It was shaking the house. I said, I'm watch football down here. I watch movies with my kids down here. It's going to be awesome. So I invite all these people over. Told my wife, let's make all this food. And I went down in the room. I said, guys, look at my theaters. And often they said, yeah, we'll turn it on. I said, wait, I don't know how. I, I, I looked. I found that this, this, this. There was all these components, an amplifier, the screen. You need five different remotes. I said, Judah, Gabe. Judah's four, Gabe's eight. I said, come help me. I could buy it, pay for it, put it together, but I didn't know how to use it. That's the way the church has been. We talk about it, we shout about it, but we don't know how to work it. So I have my four-year-old go watch dad like this, 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 this. Within five seconds, boom, that place is lit up. But how many know there's churches all over the world with no power? Because they're just going through the motions. There's Christians everywhere. No power in their life. And can I tell you, when you have that anointing and that wisdom and that power and that joy, God restores you when you put on Christ back to the garden where you were meant to be. Now you're not waking up every day just going to work, paying the mortgage, paying the rent, paying for this, paying for that. How many know you don't have to fear because Jesus conquered the grave for you? Conquer death, hell, and the grave. There's no fear. There's no worry. There's no anxiety. There's just joy in the Lord. Now you have tests and trials and problems all the time. But how many know when you got the power of the Holy Ghost, you just go through them like speed bumps. Just slow down a little. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Everyone shout, wear the brand. Dead things are coming to life right now in your life. I'm telling you right now, God's healing bodies. God's touching minds. You're getting witty ideas. You're getting understanding. You see and know right now. You're getting a revelation of the resurrection that's on the inside of you. This is a supernatural power. Number three, first, if you understand the brand, then you have to make a choice. I'm going to wear the brand. I'm going to be a believer. Jesus is going to be my Lord. I'm going I'm to walk in that power. I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to wake up and and speak the word over my life, over my kids, over my church, over my family. But after I wear the brand and make a choice to, then I got to expand the brand. How do you expand the brand? You become this brand ambassador. You become the ecclesia, God's governing body in the earth. That he came to bring life and life more abundantly. That he came to expand his sphere of influence. And the disciples did a really good job of it. Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ. Those hearing and saying the things, seeing the miracles which he did. 
He said devils were cast out of people. People shrieked and screamed. Lame walked, blind saw. And the Bible says, and they heard and saw the miracles that he did and there was great joy in the city. How many know that's, that's what, anyone seen any miracles lately? About three of us. Anybody getting some miracles? Anybody laying hands on the sick? How come I don't walk in power? Because you haven't been releasing anything. See, when life's all about you, that's all you get. You become a reservoir instead of a river. This river is a power of life, of the resurrection power of Jesus. They're meant to throw through you. So when you're at work, you tell all the engineers, when they ask you something about you, what's that energy? People say, what's that energy? Do you drink too much Red Bull? No, it's the life of God. See, how's that life of God work? Can I tell you? When you really believe this, when you really believe this is absolutely fact. I love what John G. Lake did back at the turn of the century. True story. The, the bubonic plague, everyone was dying. And a little bit, of, little bit of spit from someone's mouth doing a funeral could get on your hand and you're dead. That's a death sentence if it touches you. You can study history. These people were dying in the massive in London, England. They were dying by the masses. There's a guy named John G. Lake who was a faith man. How many know what faith is? Faith believes now faith is the substance. How many know what I'm telling you is working now? I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Cancer is dying in your body as I speak. Disease is dying in your body as I speak. Because that's the power of the Word of God. So John G. Lake said, take that bubonic plague. And he said, under the microscope, put it under the microscope and look at it. And they seen it. It was very alive. He said, wow, now take the dropper and I want you to drop it into my hand. So all of a sudden they took it and dropped it in his hand under the microscope. And when it hit his hand, it died and dried up. Christians get shocked like that's some big miraculous thing. No, no, no. It's just like my son. He was praying for someone the other day. He said, dad, the guy had a devil. I just cast it out of him. He said he started shaking. He started doing this, started doing that. He just said, we shouldn't celebrate. Shouldn't every believer be casting out devils? Can I have an amen? Shouldn't every believer be laying hands on the sick? Shouldn't every believer be witnessing, telling about the joy of the Lord, telling about the energy and the life of God? Shouldn't we be using our business as a sphere of influence and a platform for the kingdom? They dropped it under. It died. They said, we're shocked. How did that happen? He said, Romans 8.1 says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. I have the same power that rose Christ from the dead living in my body right now that every disease or sickness. See, and some people go, man, Pastor, I hope COVID doesn't come back. The COVID got me. The COVID. The COVID was a big lie. Some people died from it. You say, why? Because they believed it. I'm telling you, you have, to, you have to believe the lie for it to affect your life. How many know you have to believe the truth for it to affect your life? And some Christians are believing lies their whole life. But God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. How many believe you're immune by the resurrection power to any COVID or next thing they make up? Well, be careful, Pastor. Well, no, 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 no. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. COVID didn't come from heaven. How many know if you participate in recession, it's your own fault? How many know in the kingdom there's no recession? God supplies all your needs. That's why you got joy. That's why you have more than enough. That's why you're not dependent on the world system. Why? Resurrection powers in you today. Come on, someone say it's being released. So if you're his brand, 
If you are his brand ambassador, you are the ecclesia, the called out ones. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So wait, wait. God's waiting on you to accept the responsibility. Not to be the Eastern Christmas Christian. I'm here, pastor. I see you every Easter. I brush my teeth. I got new lips. Got some fillers. Been working out a little. Aren't you happy? Well, no, no, no. I'll be happy when you get that energy from the Holy Ghost that's working in you. That, that the devil can't stop you. That's healing your body. That's giving you your purpose. That's seeing your children serve the Lord and the next generation and the next generation. What a miracle. So I go, okay, okay let me close here. So I go, wait, wait. How do we demonstrate that brand? How do, we, how do we really walk out that resurrection power? Was this Christmas? How many know we've had a very good winter? I'll take it. Two super cold days. Lots of wind, though. So the wind blew the trees over the day before Christmas Eve. It was like the devil wanted to attack us. It's like we had the best elf Christmas thing going on. People got saved by the masses. Man, it was awesome. What a production. But it was interesting. A tree blew over, crushed the power line. So it's the day before Christmas Eve, and I'm in my house, laying down in my bed, and it's about 68. You know, wife likes it 75. I like it about 60, 59. So we compromise. We go around 68. But I woke up in the morning. It was like 38 in my bedroom. And I went, wow. And I went to the heater right away. Hit the heater button. Nothing. Turned on the lights. Nothing. Nothing's working. Refrigerator's on out. Nothing's working. No power. No power. Big problem. You can't do anything without power. I got to go get ready. In fact, I'm going to go to another property or to the church or I got to get ready somewhere else. And right when I did, boom, the power came back on. How many think it would be cool if in the church the power came back on? How many think it would be cool in your marriage if the power came back on? How many think it would be great if this next year from Easter to Easter you could live in resurrection power of Jesus Christ and not be traditional and not play the game and not go through the motion but actually walk in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? Wow, what would happen? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.2 For I am determined to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Remember the guys that came to the house in the 70s? It's kind of funny. My dad was kind of funny. Somebody pulled up with this big bottle of stuff. This, this takes stains out of everything. Guy like John, a great salesman. He's like, he goes, you got to listen to this. And he's like, this will take stains. So my dad's like, we'll take it off this couch. The guy's scrubbing the couch. He said, like, see if it'll take it off the carpet. Over here, a carpet. He goes, this even works on driveways. My dad's like, come out here in the oil spots. This guy's, he worked for about two and a half hours. He's just cleaning the whole house to sell us some of this stuff, this product that he believed in. 
And then the guy, remember the sweeper salesman? I remember that guy come, he'd sweep this, and my dad would pull the car. Here, sweep behind here. Here, sweep over here. So, that's a great product, man. What a great vacuum. How much? $700. Keep it. This vacuum can do anything. So these people, they're, they're, they're trying to sell you something because they're giving you a demonstration. You know the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting for you to demonstrate. If you're really a brand ambassador, you wear the brand. You expand the brand. See, there's a plan that God has for you on this earth. There's something he has for you to get done. The Bible says you're fearfully, wonderfully made, and all the days of your life were written in a book before you ever lived one of them. And Jesus made a way for you to walk in the resurrection power and the victory and not be dominated, but to dominate to rule and reign in life, to be made in his image and likeness. For what? To get you back to your kingship so you could rule and reign and be fruitful and live like a king on this earth. And what do kings do? They're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And they have dominion far above principalities and powers because they know how to walk out. They know how to activate. They know how to demonstrate See, what we do is we say, that pastor, he's got it going on. That pastor, he's got it going on. That guy's a good pastor. But you know what? Today, things are coming alive in you. Today, something's happening in you. Today, here's a carpenter that's one of the best craftsmen on the planet because he has anointed hands, but he's anointed. He's anointed because he has resurrection power. He had a cancer. Is this true? Stand up next to me right now. He had a cancer, and we went and had a party at your house because cancer got all through here and over there, and the devil tried to kill you several times, didn't he? Yeah. But you got a revelation, a resurrection power that lives in you, amen? amen? You couldn't eat, you couldn't swallow. The ambulance came because blood started coming out of your mouth, and you thought you were going to die, and the devil fought you. and fought. Is this true? And fought you, and we came and prayed, and you were standing, and you stayed in the Word, and you kept believing, and resurrection power manifested. The surgeons did what they could, and now you're totally healed. Resurrection power is being activated. How many know it works? It works. Today as I close, and I have to, someone, anyone have a helicopter, I'm going to need a ride. You know, I think what's so beautiful, this young lady over here, Suzette, sits here. And I'll never forget when your, when your dad talked to us. And he said, this young kid who didn't like who he was. This young kid who didn't believe in himself. This young kid who tried to commit suicide. It was a horrible life. He got in the car, he put the hose in the exhaust, and then he put it in the car. And then he shut the windows, and that thing filled up with exhaust, and he passed out trying to kill himself. Luckily, the car ran out of gas. He sat there in the hospital, and Mr. Turner came, the milkman, and found out about him, and he said, I'm going to make you the best milk salesman that Turner's Dairy ever had. When I first started the church, I'd walk into the Penn Hills post office to get my little P.O. box because people supported the church. And I'd hear a guy go, moo! It was her dad. He would do Turner's cows when he showed up. They knew the dairy man was there. He'd yell real loud, moo, like that. And all the people come running out with all these buckets of mail. That's where I first met him. 
But you know what he did? He went around his whole life telling people how good God was. How God spared his life. How God made him a teacher, the Dale Carnegie class. He was one of the most life-giving people on the planet. And he could have been rubbed out by the devil, but thank God for resurrection power. Thank God wants to bring things back in your life. But you know what? You have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. Will you let him in? He said, I stand at the door and knock. The beginning of the kingdom is receiving the king. And can I tell you, he's a good king. And he wants you to rule and reign with him in a partnership in life. Frank Sinatra sang a song, I did it my way. How many know that's the theme song of everyone in hell? I did it my way. But how many know repentance simply means you're done being rebellious. And you're saying, God, I'm ready to do it your way. I agree with the will of God. You want to save me? I agree. You want to fill me with your spirit? I agree. You died for me on the cross? I agree. You rose again for the dead? I agree. You wanted to walk in me with this resurrection power and say, the same spirit that brought me out is the same spirit that's working in you all the days of your life? Come on, say now. When's that activated? Right now. So 